Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RF Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here, here to talk DC United, Washington Spirit, U.S. men's, women's national team, all soccer, all the time. Maybe some other stuff. I don't know. Usually whatever comes across our mind. John's with me. John, how you doing, my friend? How was your how was your weekend? It was good. I feel like I feel like there was lots of soccer that I didn't get to watch. So <laughs> I think sat, Saturday night was Saturday night there. I will not name names. There may have been people who had the Copa America final on during the spirit game in the press box on their own computers. I'm not going to say who it was, but some people were doing that. And then on Sunday, I was in a car driving my grandmother back to Pennsylvania uh, and then missed the Italy, uh, England. So I know there was lots of great games other people got to watch. Did you get to watch any of those games? Yes. So, uh, so I, I, I did miss, uh, I missed the, the Copa America. Um, I got back for the, uh, for the Gold Cup Mexico. Watched a little bit of that, then went to bed. Uh, my, my wife really wanted to go see the, uh, uh, the Black Widow movie. I think she, she is a, a Marvel fan. So, How was it? Um, I, I, it was, it was, it was, it was good. I, I think it, it came out. It came out, uh, let's say, two years too late. They they sort of said it. If 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 you're an MCU nerd, they said it after the events of Civil War. I won't spoil too much. Um, I think it sets up some interesting things, kind of going forward uh, for for some of the characters. Um, they they, but uh, overall, I mean, I thought it was it was a it was a decent movie. Um, I just think it, it it came out way too late. They should have done it after Civil War. Or they should have helped set up, uh, you know, set up Infinity War, but. Uh, <clears throat> there were decisions made by MCU that were not good. Let's just say this has been <laughs> RFK Refugees Movie Corner. Uh, so, Corner would you recommend Plus. paying thirty dollars on Disney Plus for it? Yes or no? Unless you are a hyper Marvel fan, I, I would say. I mean, right now, if the pandemic is over, just go to the movies and pay what thirteen, fourteen, fifteen bucks for the ticket rather than the thirty dollars. Unless there's two of you, unless you or and, three and, or four. Yeah, yeah. Unless you got kids and a family. If it's just you, I mean, I would say if it's the two of you, if it's you and your your significant other, then or you and a friend, I would say go to the movies. If it starts to get a bit more, eh, yeah, sure. Pay the thirty bucks, watch it. If 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 I would say only watch it if you are a if you like the MCU universe, don't don't go expecting anything more than just kind of a a, a nice little romp and a, a little bit some callbacks. The callbacks are there. Let me just say, <laughs> I would imagine. Uh, All right, um, but yeah. Let's uh, let's get let's get let's get let's get to the main thing. The main thing people are here to listen for: Capital uh, Cup. As Cup, I'm sure, clearly, I, I'm sure we're, Cap- they want to talk about the Capital Cup. <laughs> they clearly want to talk about the Capital Cup. There, there's some interesting. I, I have some. I feel like we kind of glossed over this whole thing. Yes, we did. This whole Capital Cup thing. We kind of just like, oh, it's happening. Uh, the team made a little bit bigger deal out of this thing than I think even I was expecting, uh, especially with the trophy and everything. But uh, we'll get into that. Let, let's start with the team that actually played uh, a um, game that counted. Let's say <laughs> I'm not going to say the Capital Cup isn't meaningful, but it. let's just say that the level of meaningfulness is certainly more on the on the Washington Spirit end. Uh, Washington Spirit getting a 2-0 win to North Carolina Courage. John, I'll start with you, my friend. You were out there at Audi Field watching that game. Uh, give us some of your thoughts. I was, yeah. It was beautiful weather. Uh, the game was – it was such a contrast from the Chicago game. So if you happen to watch the Red Stars game uh, where the Spirit lost one to nothing at Segra, uh, it was sort of a dour game. It was, uh, you know – the ball was not moving well on the Segra pitch because you still can't water it. Uh, and then also Chicago sort of came set up to not really attack. Uh, they just sort of bunkered in. They had their two defensive midfielders. The Spirit couldn't solve it. 
Trinity left halfway in the game through back spasms, and then they scored a really weird, stupid goal. Uh, so to me, I was a bit concerned going into the Courage game this weekend, this last weekend, uh, because of that. Like it just they weren't, they were not, they were not, uh, you know, their best. They were not hitting on all cylinders. Uh, and then, of course, on uh, they were amazing from from this from the start whistle. The spirit were playing with supreme confidence. They were playing like the courage were some garbage high school team. Like every player on the field was was trying tricks, every play and, and executing them and able to do it. Ashley Sanchez was playing out of her mind from minute one. She had seven shots. She had three shots on goal, three saves, three like diving saves on her shots. Hit the crossbar twice. Uh, just just bananas. Just really out of her mind the whole time. Should have had a goal around the 85th minute. With uh, there was a bit of a, some free kick trickery. Uh, where another diving save occurred. But Ashley Hatch, we don't want to bury the lead, scored two goals to uh, go back to the top of the leaderboard for Golden Boot in NWSL. Her main competition there, Lynn Williams and uh, Alex Morgan, are in Japan. So she's got a, she's got an opportunity to sort of build up a little bit of lead there. Uh, her confidence finishing was great. She had two, you know, two opportunities and converted two of them. We've, we talked in the past sort of about the volume of opportunities that the spirit were going to create. You just had to have a finisher that could just place it in the net. Uh, I, I think we ha- we even have it here in the notes uh, that the second goal was the goal of the game. The second goal was where it was, was mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, Andy Sullivan anticipates a ball in the midfield steps intercepts and then makes about a 25, 30 yard run on a two V two with, with uh, Ashley hatch gets uh, the second defender to commit towards her plays the ball between both of them splits the defenders Ashley takes one touch, puts it in the corner, game over, done deal. Uh, it was just, it was, it was artful. Like it was just a, just a great play from, from start to end. And you know, Andy Sullivan got, uh, got left off the team, and she's gonna, she's gonna do this. This is what she's gonna do. She did this, she did this in the uh, last time she made the World Cup roster, uh, and now she's just going to show out every week for the rest of this, you know, season probably. And I think I think that the definition of that goal that, that that's a real big backbreaker. I think for the for the courage to you, you're going into halftime, you're down one nothing. They had some opportunities in this game. Yeah, Audrey Bledsoe came out and made some uh, some really good saves in that first half, but then kind of to 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 give up that goal right before halftime. Um, I, I think that it maybe sealed the deal as far as the win. Uh, you're going into halftime. You, you got to sort of pick yourself back up. Uh, obviously, the, let's not let's not bury the lead here. Uh, the courage we're missing um, several several talents. Obviously, Lynn Williams is over in uh, Japan uh, as an alternate or part of the 22 person roster. I forget what the what the whole result of that was. Ro- um, with practice player wins. currently uh, reserve, and then practice also player. So Dabinia D- D- and Sam Mewis also not available. But mm-hmm. you know what? Yep. You you play the team in front of you, <laughs> and uh, they weren't missing any of their uh, any of their defenders. So. Uh, this the spirit really put put them to the sword there, uh, from 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 the beginning of, the beginning of the game. And like you said, Aubrey Bledsoe made a couple yeah. of sort of reaction saves. The courage were not generating opportunities from build from build up play. They were either counters, they were long ball crosses. Um, that that's really what the situation was. So they really had the game under control. They didn't ever really feel like they were uh, uh, in, in danger. Carson Pickett had a good first half, sixty minutes. Uh, running up and down the left flank, uh, but Jess McDonald had a couple chances she should have converted. She didn't, thankfully. Uh, but other than that, it was quiet from them. And the spirit really were threatening. They could have had more goals. Um, obviously, they could have had more goals. But it's you know great. It's, I don't want to say a signature win because, like you say, 
they this was not a full strength courage side. And I think if you ask, there's many players that you can ask, and actually even came out of the press box, like some people's favorite game is still the spirit win over the courage at the plex. This won't go down like that. This is sort of the Ashley Sanchez uh, like sauce game from my perspective. Uh, Ashley Hatch obviously scored <laughs> the two goals, but that's what I'll remember it as. But uh, this was not the courage at their best, like you say. This is just about how do you how do you utilize this Olympics break to build up your point lead? How do you how do you get into first and stay into first? I think Orlando is going to have more of a problem than the Spirit is, and I think that that's really and North Carolina that they were on top of the table and they just got played off the field. So. Make use this month to your advantage. Uh, you have more depth in the places that you lost. Uh, you're, you're Olympians. You're ready to rock. I'm I'm very excited to see how they do uh, the rest of the way. They're playing at Segra on Saturday. I wish they wouldn't because they looked a lot worse at Segra. So I don't necessarily think it was it was not all the opponents. I think it was also sort of uh, it was the field. But they're playing Gotham, and Gotham is also looking a lot better this season. So. Make sure uh, if you're if you're close by and can make it out, it's a 5 p.m. start. Um, I was a little disappointed at the 5,000 attendance on Saturday uh, with DC United not playing a game that counted. Um, and I said it on I said it on Twitter. I said it on RFKRefugees.com. Uh, get out to these games if you're a DC United fan and you can make it. Like there's no reason for you not to make it out. The the play the, the team is too good. The the quality of play is too high. You gotta, you gotta make an effort. You gotta get out there. I know that there's, you know, we're still in a pandemic, so I give people a lot of grace for that. But um, the tickets are, the tickets are affordable, and the games are great. So make, make it out. That's my only pitch. That's my, that's my advocacy hat. Go, go see it. Yeah, go see it. Go, go support. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm always somebody who feels you should support local soccer. Um, I, I still carry that flag against the uh, USMNT bros, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. The, the Eurosnob people that uh, peruse US soccer boards and like to think that there isn't good soccer here in the US when there actually is. So um, that's my that's my two cents on that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think a, a signature win's a good point. I mean, I compare this, you got to go and beat, beat teams when they're down. Um, and DC did that last week against Toronto and, and the Spirit did that against the Courage. Uh, you, you can't you can't just, you know, look at those results and say, oh, well, they, they weren't playing that strike and they just tossed it in the trash. No, you, you take advantage of the situation that's in front of you. And if you don't, then, you know, the, then you're probably not making the playoffs and you're probably not competing. Um, so I think that's certainly uh, a good win from them. And, and, and certainly uh, we'll look forward to seeing look forward to seeing more uh, from the from the Washington spirit. Um, moving on, we, we got to talk about the uh, the glorious. Capital Cup. Yes. All right. I, I made a little joke on Twitter that made got some traction. Let me just be clear. I'm not being serious about that that tweet at all. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do not think DC United. Uh, so I mean, this tournament. I mean, I think we all saw it and we're like, oh, cool. I, I do feel like there is a certain sense. This tournament was kind of a reminder to me about where we are, where we are in, in the United States versus the rest of the world, and just how bad this pandemic still is in a lot of places in the world and um you know we saw it in the copa america we've seen it and and this time it kind of came you had three clubs you had puebla you had um aluencia uh and alianza uh from el salvador uh puebla had 10 players 10 players and staff i think get covid uh so they were out i don't think they traveled at that point uh, and then you had, uh, I believe I heard one positive COVID test from Ali, from Alianza. So I think they dropped out as a, as a precaution, but apparently there was still talk like, 
they were probably like, we traveled here. We want to, you know, we want to, we're not just going to go home, give us a game. And I think DC probably set some stipulate. Okay. You guys got to be, um, you know, you guys, you guys got to be, make sure no more positives, you know, quarantine masks, you know, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll work through, and then we'll, we'll see. Um, so apparently I, I would say if you're DC, you're not playing them. I would hope you're not playing them. Um, unless you're entirely sure that everything is, is kosher with them. I think, um, I think most they, of DC is, is vaccinated now. So at least there's that. If they're mm-hmm. worried about threat to their, most if not all, I, right. I would hope it's all right. I would too, but I, you can't be sure. We have, we have not had a Canadian trip yet. So we'll, that's the funniest thing. I don't, I'm not sure if people have seen that. Basically there was a trade. I think it was Eric Hurtado from Vancouver was traded to another team because he refused to get the vaccine and you can't cross the border unvaccinated. So they were going to be unable to bring him home. So they just traded him. So uh, if your favorite team is playing a team in Canada and all of a sudden a player who is injured or not injured does not travel, you know, it's, you know, what's up. It's sort of, it's a, it's a secret scarlet letter that you get to find out on uh, how people feel about it. But that's, that was a weird trade, and I bet it won't be the last one. I bet we're, we might see some more of this, which is beyond, beyond a, a silly. Certain, um, yes, yes. A, a, a certain, certain former, former long-time, uh, yeah. long-time DC United player. Apparently, he, I guess, made it to Canada and had to quarantine for two weeks. He had posted on Instagram, and a lot of people were saying, there's a way out of this, you know. <laughs> it's very simple. A way it's very to, easy. To, it's very simple. It's free. Uh, very simple, very easy. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, obviously they got the game on, on Wednesday. I think maybe Lasada's happy, but happy about that. Sure. Uh, apparently this was supposed to be, this game on July 14 was supposed to be the return of Edison Flores, uh, which if you don't check out my piece, um, on Edison Flores, I wrote, um, I, I, not really like heavily into detail, uh, but sort of outlining, um, that right now with the way this team is playing, uh, there are no more excuses for him. He needs to figure it out. He needs to become a major factor in this team. Every single player on the field, every single player, maybe with the exception of Emil Assad, but I would even argue that's maybe a little bit after what we saw against uh, Toronto. Every single player has benefited uh, from Hernan Lasada's system right now, except for Edison Flores. And part of that's injury. He has a couple nice moments, but right now the team is flying and he has to figure out a way to make a part of that um, and, and to really earn his contract. Uh, so this is a, this is a crucial point for him, I think. I think this is I think this is the make or break it year. I think if 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 he does not have a at least a semi solid end to the season, I could see this team saying, you know what, we're going to cut bait. This is it. You know, we're going to figure out a way to sell you, sell him to Legal MX, sell him somewhere else. Maybe you take a hit on the the transfer fee. Uh, but you free up that roster space. We'll see. Uh, it's it's certainly a critical time for him. Um, I don't know. Did you have a chance to watch the the DC United uh, Capital Cup? I final, saw the second I saw leg? like the last fifteen minutes of the game, and I saw the the trophy presentation. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm I'm not prepared to the the trophy presentation was at least funny. I enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, you know, go ahead. Yeah. I, I I don't know how much you can really. I, I don't know how much you can really. Um, you can really, I guess, really draw much from the game. Um, obviously, Boulevard gets the goal, a really nice goal. Um, he does a really nice touch, moves around. Um, I am wondering, we, we had speculated on the show. We had speculated on the show. The part of the reason that Boulevard is in um, is in Loudoun right now is because DC Knight doesn't have the available international spots. And we have heard that Eric Sorga uh, is apparently in uh, still in Estonia right now. Estonia, right? Sorry yep, yep, you got um, it awaiting a green card so he can come back. And as soon as he gets a green card, he does no longer counts as an international for DC United. So um, 
so basically that all that all means that that frees up an international spot. Now, whether the team uses that, uh, but I think maybe this was an opportunity for for Boulevard maybe to show some stuff, and maybe maybe if DC can't doesn't see anything they like, they uh, they bring in um, they bring in uh, they bring in Johnny Boulevard and have him maybe play a role in this team in some capacity. Um, yeah, he's what did done, you think? What did you think? T- yeah, go ahead. He's done well for Loudon. Uh, he scored, I believe, I think maybe two goals from open play and two goals in the penalty mm-hmm. spot. I think. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like I, like I said, it was interesting to see the the part I did see of him playing. Uh, with the first team was good. I think that's great. I think he probably will probably get some more minutes on Wednesday. I think for exactly that reason to sort of evaluate where he is uh, vis-a-vis the rest of the the options. Uh, there are, there's a lot of comments in the chat about how Ola is still uh, is still no good. I think uh, I think Ola is in a very good position, being sort of knocked off the 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 unquestioned starting spot. I think that Nigel has sort of Nigel and Ola are very neck and neck to me right now as far as who should be mm-hmm. starting. It's really about matchups and and sort of health. I think that I think him having a point to prove is only going to benefit DC United. I think he had his time in the sun as sort of like the unquestioned starter, the unquestioned, uh, you know, every he's going to who else are you going to play? Basically, was the situation. And now there's another option, so that he makes the most of his time on the field. I think that's good. I, I think I think that I still obviously you can make a, improvements on on all these players. I think there was somebody talking about. There was surprise that DC United was being linked to players like defenders. Like I can't believe we're looking at a center back. I'm like, yeah, man, he he has not had an opportunity to buy the type of players that he wants. He has made mm-hmm. he has made a decent showing of of sort of reworking players that maybe didn't fit into his style. He's gonna there will be some changes. You can count on that if this team continues to do well and the team opens up at all uh, the, the 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 pocketbook. There will be players that you would think can't move that will move. So that's just something to think about as a new as a new as a new coach comes in. That's good. That's what he's going to want to have happen. So keep that in mind. Keep keep that in mind as we go to this window. As there are players that are being looked at. Uh, I don't. They're not. They're not big names. Clearly, that's not where they're going at. But there's there are players in positions where you wouldn't think we'd need help, and we're looking at them. So. Yeah, and uh, maybe maybe the uh, <laughs> the center back signing was a little bit of a uh, <laughs> yeah. I I do wonder. So so we got we got to talk about the big injury news. We'll, we'll get to other minor injury news that gave us all a heart attack and made um, us. Tweet and I want to debate on which one. <laughs> yeah, we made us tweet a lot. Very angry things. Uh, I guess the only other thing the game uh, I will say the game uh, the game against uh, is against Aldo Wednesday got a little chippy. Uh, it got that game got kind of chippy towards there were there were some moments um, there were some moments in that game. Um, obviously, uh, you know I, I think DC United as a whole this was very much a business type move. Um, I'm sure they wished that they were able to have you know all three teams. It would have been a nice showing. Um, but hey, you know I, I don't mind the team doing things like this, especially when you have a gap where you don't have games. Uh, gives you an opportunity to get get a look at some players. Um, you know everybody was like, oh, I'm against. I'm against. Uh, I'm against anything. I'm against anything like this. With you know, oh, having midseason games. Like if it's in the middle of the break, who, who cares? Uh, we got Rich on the line. Who wants to? Who wants to argue about? I'm assuming he wants to argue about Ola Kamara. I'm going to take a wild guess there. Am, am I right, Rich? <laughs> uh, yeah. I also want to. I also want to say I hope Paul's okay. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure we all do. And uh, John's saying he doesn't care about international soccer. <laughs> we don't. We don't. That. I don't. Okay, I never so, will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing: is that 
you said that Ola has done everybody a benefit. I don't think Ola has really benefited from the system at all. I don't think it really fits him. I don't think it's kind of like trying to, it's trying, it's like Josie out the door in Toronto. He doesn't fit the system that we're trying to play. He's not a pressing forward. He's not a mover. He's not getting in good positions. He had one good goal, one game where two really, really awesome goals. I, I mean, can't say anything about that. And then a PK, well, you're, you're, we're hoping you're going to make that. And then he had a good game where he basically ran over a defender who they had basically thrown in the towel at that point, mm-hmm. you know. But it was still a good goal. But still, that's three goals in how many games has he played? How many shots has he missed? How look many, at his – Rich, look at his, look at his goals per 90. Look at his he's, – he's almost yeah. leading the league in goals per 90. He's, he's been very efficient with his time played. It doesn't seem like it. But he also hasn't because played that many games because he, he injured. Never, yeah, but I don't think he's producing like he could, though. Certainly, you know he's, I, mean? like, I don't think he's not, he's not the solution, for sure. He's not, he's not the no. long-term solution. Yeah, that, but I think you're right. I think you are. I, I don't. I don't think we're arguing the fact that he. I don't think he is a perfect fit for the system. I think the system has improved him over previous years. I think he's done better. I think he does better with this system than he did under Ben Olsen's system. Um, I, I just think that's I mean, the, the statistics bear that out. Um, I but I do not think that he is an unquestioned starter on a good team, and that's why he's not right now. I think he's he's in contention. He's play, he's paid like a starter, like you like you mentioned, Rich, like. He he's paid to be your your number nine every week, but that's not the case. So we've got to adjust and and try to make do with the players that we do have at at, at the disposal. Yeah, I'd like to see and and while he's good compared to the other scorers in MLS, I don't think there's been as much scoring as there has been in some past years. You know, like especially with guys like Alcador not scoring and things like that. But I think that we could we can see how good these younger guys are. And I hope that he keeps putting in the younger guys. Cause I'd like to see us putting in more guys that fit his system. Let Lasada get some more people, you know, don't resign guys like him that are, that, you know, may not fit your system, you know, let them play it out, you know, loan them out if you can, if he, if he gets hot, maybe we can even sell him. who knows, but you know, get these young guys in all these guys are showing really well, the young guys and, you know, if we can grow young guys, get our homegrown system going, go young guys and be a selling team, man, we would be awesome. We would be like, that's what we want to be. We want to be the young pressing team that has a great system, produces stars, and send them to Europe, you know, in my opinion. Yep, I think you, that's, yeah, that's what we're at, too. Like, yep, I think, yep, and I one think that's thing exactly I where we're about at. The Toronto, yeah, one more thing. I'll let you guys go. The one thing is, the, it just bears out by Toronto trying to force. Well, I don't. I don't know that he's really that bad of a coach, but trying to force that system on those players wasn't a great fit. You know what I mean? And then, I think we, I think we might have lost Rich there, but yeah, I think. Nope, that, might oh, have lost are, Rich. Are you here? Th- thanks, Rich. Yeah, I I think you're. Yeah. I think that was there was lots of comments about the fact that Chris Armis got put in, said we're going to play a pressing system. Did not get to make any signings to to do so, and then started and played an entire season in Florida. So, like, uh, not not really great outcomes for him. But I don't really care because we got him fired, and I want yeah. I want Toronto to be bad. Well, here, here's the thing: I, I do want to drop. I do want to drop a little bit of. I, I wonder. I, I I think if I I think Rich's point is good. And I think it was pretty clear. I mean, when you have your, your quote unquote best player be like, I'm out, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, it's pretty clear. Um, I, I do think it was a case of a bad fit. 
you know, we we see basically Lasada and uh, and Chris Armas trying to do uh, the same thing. Now, I think Lasada is a little more charismatic, but I am not. I seeing what Lasada has been able to do, I think Chris Armas could have been a better fit. I, I I am happy with what we have. I am not at all advocating that we should have had Chris Armas over over non Lasada. Um, <laughs> but I, I think this was a case. I, a I think take. I think Chris Armas. I think Chris Armas got put in a bad situation. Yeah. I mean, this is a team on the downward spiral. And, and a lot of people made the point they should have found somebody or they should have made, you know, should have – or Armas should have come in and said, okay, I got to like just ride this out. Let me not, you know, ruffle any feathers. Let me not try to do anything crazy. You know, let me just – let me just let me just ride this out and then maybe in a couple of years I get to do what I want. Um, him trying to go in like, nope, this is what we're going to do. Uh, was not going to go well with, with that type of team, especially with the success they've had. This was one of the best teams in MLS. So, um, I think he was the sacrificial lamb to get you to the next point in Toronto. Uh, you lost, you lost your star coach. You weren't going to be able to spend this year because of the the pandemic. You had to have a person. I think, I think he mm-hmm. was. I think, I think you said it. Like he was in a bad spot, and I think if he had come in and said, "I'm, I'm system agnostic. I don't care." Josie, do whatever you want. I don't think he might have lasted either. I think the results were just the results. Um, it, it it is it is a lot easier to do what Lasada did. Come into a team that had a awful season, a a coach that let's just say it, you know, didn't really. There was never really a game. There was never a game plan in twenty twenty. There was never a plan of like what we want to be. Yep. Um, I don't think you ever really heard that from Ben Olson. And then he here's a guy who comes in who comes in and immediately is like, nope, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this, this, and this. And if you guys trust me, I'll get you there. And has the charisma to pull it off, the charisma to buy in the team. And I think that's what we're seeing with with DC United and, and Hernan Lasada. He has got these players to buy in. Uh, they are, they, you know, when you're directionless and you have a somebody that comes in and says, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. It, it can give a little bit of a boost. And I think that's what uh, that's what DC need. Not when you have a team that very clearly had an identity, had a direction, had all those things, had won championships, and he's like, "Nope, what you're doing is wrong. We're going to do this." You're going to be like, "No, we're not listening to this guy." You know, forget you. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, let's we got to talk about the Brendan Hindsight injury. Um, I want to fold in the 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 the, the polyural injury because now that that's looking like that's not as bad, just some tightness on his ankle. But let's talk about Brendan Hindsight. Uh, Stephen Goff dropping the news that he apparently has suffered a hip injury, could miss substantial time. Um, I don't know if that is season ending. I don't know if that is two months. Uh, we'll, we'll find out some more info. Uh, that Not good. Not good is a <laughs> nope. way to say it. Um, of the injuries, though, I mean, okay, let me tell this. Like, are you, if, if you found out, if, if you didn't know about this Brendan Heinzeich news and you find out, which, which, which world are you more comfortable, which which timeline are you in the timeline where the injury to Paul Riola last month was terrible and he's out for two, three months, or are you more, uh, are you more upset with the, the Brendan Heinzeich injury and Paul Riola being okay? Conceivable. I don't know. I think I hate all of them. <laughs> I'm, I don't want any of these, these don't, oh, it's, it's, all bad. it's a bad man to pick your poison. That, that, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I think we have, I think I, we I, have other, I think Burnbaum coming back and being healthy and being an option. Is good news. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Alfaro can deputize to some degree. I wish Pines were not with the national team and not going to play because <laughs> I think that he probably won't. Maybe maybe one group stage game. Uh, I, I would say Martinique would be a potential place you might see him make an appearance. I, I could see that. That's the weakest opponent of the three. 
Yeah. Um, in in the in the in in the group, um, I, I I'm gonna say I, I I choose this timeline over over the other one. If I if I if a gun to my head, I have to make a choice. Um, this team has depth at the very least on uh, on uh, than uh, than than having it. Losing Paul Ariola means you're relying on a guy like we said. Um, who is uh, who has not proven he can do what he can do, um, and a lot of things that Paul Ariola does makes this team go. I am more wor- I am more worried about this team on the offensive front than I am actually on the defensive front because they've shown they can be a pretty solid team defensively with Tony Alfaro, with Andy Nahar, with uh, obviously Steve Birdbaum coming back is going to be a solid solid defensive piece for this team. Yep. Um, so I I am not so concerned about this team defensively. Uh, than I am, I guess, about this team offensively if they lose Paul Ariola. So that that's sort of my vote on the timeline. And then there's an update, right, from from Paul's injury that he was uh, okay, but going to stay with the team. So I, I guess that's yeah. good, right? That means it's not a major injury because he probably wouldn't want to. The his club team would probably not allow him to rehab a major injury with the national team when he's not going to play for a month. So maybe it's like you said, maybe it was tightness. I hope he doesn't play for I, a while. <laughs> I, I think it was. I think it was a big picture type move. Um, you know, obviously Paul wants to be on the national team. Yep. Um, he, his eyes. He was. He was a part of this national team, uh, sort of heading in, and now he's seeing all this competition. His move to Swansea uh, didn't really generate what he wanted. He is trying to. He is trying to keep himself at least in the national team picture. But I think there was a recognition. I think there was a recognition when he gets that tightness. He's like, like this game against Haiti is not going to make or break me. Um, I, I am. I would much rather come out of this game, save myself potentially getting more injured, having to go down again for another month, um, not being able to play. Um, I, I want to. I want to make sure I'm healthy coming back to DC because playing well there is going to what's going to help sort of drive me. Um, into qualifying into other things, so I think it was very much a a big picture type move from him, um, and a good and a good recognition, and that that's what that's what I think uh, a younger player, a younger Paul Arola might try uh, tries to um, tries to push through that. Kim, um, is, Kim is pointing out that Brendan Heinzeich was on crutches at the at the at the Alaha Valencia game, so probably a little bit of a longer term situation. I, I, I do wonder. I do wonder the timing of this is a little interesting because uh, there weren't any games he played pretty much throughout. So I don't know if this is something he picked up in training. I'm wondering if they identified something and they are like, well, we can't not. have this now. Uh, and basically, you know, they, they they do do that where it's like, well, he can play through it, but then he's eventually going to be need surgery. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. The timing of this just seemed a little interesting to me. We get a guy back. And and then it's down for an injury. So I bet we'll see we what will, happens on. Uh, I bet we will get media availability this week to get some more answers on on his long term prognosis and what the injury actually is. But uh, like you said, we have more depth there than we do other places. It just it you know he's played eleven starts. Uh, other than the one game where he got punched in the eye, did he play that game where he posted the picture on Instagram uh, where he had a black eye and then no he didn't. So that was no, the one posted, game he didn't play. He, he, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so I mean, he's we'll been him. he's been a rock for this team. Yep. Yeah, we'll absolutely miss him. I think the team can manage with him. Um, I'm hopeful this is like a one to two month type thing, and he can kind of come come back for the home stretch. Um, that is my uh, that that is my hope. Uh, that is my hope. Kim uh, Kim back. again uh, helping us out here. Heinzeich was hurt in the TFC game, 
So okay, there we go. Hopefully it's hopefully it's like you know. Let's cross our fingers, everybody. If you have any uh, special injury dances, <laughs> do it for Paul and do it for uh, Brendan because I think that that's we're we're humming just, right now, just, right? Like we want to have all of our guns uh, at the table here. We are we are really starting a part of the season where we really want to start picking up some points and get you yeah know, get some distance and from the middle. Some, the, and and there's some tough games coming up for DC. Obviously, the big one right now is against Philly, uh, which we're going to have a preview. The Dupe by the River podcast will be coming on. They'll preview that game, so we'll, we'll save what are some of our thoughts of that game for for that. But um. But yeah, man, it's it's uh, it, you don't want to lose momentum. You have the momentum. You have everything. You know, I stated in my article, this team is firmly in the playoffs, and uh, we certainly want to keep them there. All right, we're going to wrap up a bit, uh, talk a little U.S. Gold Cup, 1-0 victory over Haiti. Uh, John, I know you have given your opinion on, uh, on, 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 on global soccer, but did you watch this game? Or did you just – you had to because you saw the Paul injury, right? Yeah, I'm not going to say for sure that I didn't turn the game off shortly after the injury. I think I stopped watching it at halftime. <laughs> I think I was like, listen, they're not gonna put pines on. You know, well, listen, club over country. They had that. They had the. They had the. The nations league was it nations league that they won? Was that the tournament that they won? Yes. That? Okay, they did yeah. win the made up tournament, and I got very excited. And then they made a hype video after that, and I liked that too. But then they started hurting the players that I care about. Uh, so, yeah. and I don't know if I don't know if Donovan's gonna play too much. So uh, I, I did not watch the entire game. I think that there are lots of, and you're gonna probably get into this like. Lots of concern at, at 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 this being a one nothing game against against Haiti, but I, I don't, you know, I don't, I haven't watched enough Haiti. Haiti has done well apparently in qualifying or or in recent games. Um, I think it's, you know, you know, everything aside, it's wild to me that they're just playing games uh, as their president got assassinated last week, and there's there's like, you know, mayhem in the streets. So it's just Five wild. Or six that, COVID cases as well yeah, with the team. They it's wild that it's just like, yep, we're playing. Out. Yep, this is what's going on. But to, tell me more about you. You have a, a a richer perspective on this game. I think. I have a, I have a richer perspective. I, I think the important thing is a lot of people. You know, obviously, I I get a little I get a little upset that the general consensus of the USMNT fan base. There there are a lot of people. It's not everybody. It's not everybody. There are a lot of people that. Go weaken out, follow their local teams. But there are a lot of people that I think um, the idea everybody's like, well, why isn't Matthew Hoppy starting? It's the I, it's it's the narrative that if he plays in Europe, he must be good, so he should be playing. And, I, and I'm not going to lie and say I want to see Matthew Hoppy out there. He's my he's my you know I, he's my boy. I'm I'm rooting for him to to hopefully get out. You of bet on him to score goals rounds. a couple times. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> As I did, I was trying to ride that train. Um, but uh, but I think what 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 U.S. soccer fans need to realize is you're not going to be able to 100. percent You're going to need quality MLS talent in this national team if you want to be deep. If you want to make World Cup qualifying runs, these qualifying runs are going to be brutal. So I actually think right now that um, I think that Berhalter made the absolute 100 percent right choice in what he did, and he said we have so much talent in Europe. I think we can be competitive in this Gold Cup. We may not win it, but that. But I, I want to know who I can trust. I want to get some assessment on some of these players. I want to build out some depth here. I want to know. And, and we got some good information from this game. Um, so I think there are a lot of people that are, you know, I, I saw on, on football. I'm, I'm curious. I want to watch Football Americas because uh, Sebi Salazar and Hurt Gomez uh, were apparently ready to, to light into this uh, to this U.S. roster. And Greg Berhalter, uh, but I think I think he wanted to go. I think he wanted to go in this game. He picked a safe lineup to get the win. He got the win, got the three points. That's what matters. Um, I think the more interesting thing is going to be who he plays at Martinique, and then obviously the game against Canada because Canada looked really really good against Martinique. 
Um, they're, they're, Canada is is on the on the on the premises of being of being a decent national team. Um, they, they, if they can get out of their own way, I think they'll be a, a, a really really good national team uh, coming up. Um, but basically, some some players that the good. I like Kellen Acosta was really good. Uh, obviously, uh, Sam Vines gets the goal. Um, really, actually, a really nice play. I think it was Walker Zimmerman on the pass to kind of open things up. Uh, he had a really good game, too. I really like Walker Zimmerman. If you want to talk about a place that needs center back depth, it's the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and I think Walker Zimmerman could provide something like that, uh, especially in qualifying. Um, and then you also you have uh, Shaq Moore. I thought he was really good. Um, he was excellent, I thought, in this game. Um, players that didn't do good, obviously Paul Riola going down the energy. I think the, 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 the player that gets the most hate, uh, of any national team player right now is Jackson Ewell. Um, and I think he, uh, he kind of, uh, he kind of deserves it. <laughs> he kind of deserves it in a way. Um, and Kim Cole said the ESPN pro Mexico guys were looking to tear in the U S after they, until the L tree tied, uh, TNT. Yeah. We got to talk about that. Uh, Mexico going out and tying, um, uh, Trinidad and Tobago, obviously a, a horrible injury um, for um, Chucky Lozano in that game. I think that definitely kind of took took the wind out of the sails. Uh, but I think the, the difference between the difference between what Mexico is trying to do and what the U.S. is trying, U.S. is trying to figure out, okay, who who are our guys that we can bring on a you know a, a World Cup qualifying roster? Who who's our who's our bench? What's our bench going to look like? Because we know the starters, we know basically who the starters are, and who who can we fill out some roles. Uh, Mexico needs to go out and win this game, so they're bringing their they're bringing their A team. Um, so that certainly wasn't a good showing from them. Um, other than that, I, I'd say everybody just just keep calm. They're going to be you know Martinique. Hopefully, looks a little bit better. They're they're by far the weakest team in the group, um, but everybody just needs to relax. This team is probably not going to win this tournament. I don't think. I think they are certainly underdogs to win this tournament. They may not even make, I mean, honestly, they may not even make the final. And I think the important thing to realize, too, is these guys haven't played together. Uh, everybody wants to talk about, oh, we should have rolled over Haiti. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay, the talent is probably better on the field. But that Haiti team has probably at least played together. They know each other. And that can make a difference in a soccer team. If you go to a job and you've worked with the same team for, for years, you know what everybody's going to do. You're going to be a lot more effective than if you're just thrown in with a bunch of random people. Maybe you've worked with some, but you haven't worked completely. I mean, that's that's basics. That's basics. And it's the same with soccer. We all expect these national teams, the players come together, and we expect them to steamroll everybody. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in CONCACAF either. CONCACAF is not easy. It's not easy. Uh, the, the quality maybe isn't there, but it's it's certainly not easy. You don't get so, into the Confederations. There's my rant. You don't get into the Confederations Cup anymore for winning Gold Cup, right? Nope, nope. The so Confederations is, Cup is over. I, this is, I think this the is just Nations a thing League to do. kind of like, yeah. Yeah, this is just, it's a tournament. Um, it is still your regional competition. You still want to do well. Sure. Um, but I think it's also a, a, it's important to understand what the what the long-term goal is. Uh, do we want to make the Gold Cup and miss out on the World Cup again? Or do we want to maybe sacrifice this Gold Cup, have a stronger team going into World Cup qualifying, and ultimately qualify for the World Cup? We all want to qualify for the World Cup um, in this regard. So, and I still think this team has a good chance of, of making the final. Um, uh, you know, against Mexico, um, I, I still think there's a lot of talent there. Well, the substitutions, Busio, um, another player I have in there, I thought he looked really good uh, in that role. He'll be going so, to Serie A um, most likely. He was he was being linked to yep. to to Sporting uh, in Portugal, and now looks like it's going to be, uh, the team from Venice. They have, uh, the United States has won the gold cup six times since 1991. (laughs) 
So this is uh, quasi-dominant. Uh, U.S. Mexico has won it well, four, five, six, seven, eight times. So we're chasing Mexico mm-hmm. uh, in a historical perspective. But like you said, I don't think it will be this one. I don't think we're going to make up ground on this one. And maybe Mexico won't, won't either uh, based on this first game. But I think the United States is using this yeah. as an opportunity to figure out what their depth chart looks like going forward and figure out where there are positions of, you know, where there's some doubt on who's going to make teams. There are some, you know, there's, you talked about all the great players in Europe, the mid, maybe the midfield is set. Maybe, maybe yeah. that, maybe that you're pretty comfortable there, but there are other positions where it's not so clear. So if, the, yeah. if you can use this tournament and not win to sort of d- decide uh, what your one, two and three look at, look at in every single position, then job well done. We'll see, make it competitive, you know, don't lose in the group stage. That would be very difficult <laughs> looking at this group draw to do, but you, you never you never know. Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, I, I think right now they, I think winning that game was important because I think it pretty much, you know, means you're going to qualify unless there's something completely unforeseen, which again, unforeseen things have happened to the U.S. men's national team. Um, you got to figure they can get by Mar- Martinique. Then you're already, you've qualified for the next round. Then you're just looking at a game against Canada, uh, which I think would be a good match. I'm definitely going to want to going to try to check out that match. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I guys enjoy it. Uh, we got the Olympics too, coming up too. uh, the women's team also will be playing in the Olympics. I'm sure we're going to do some coverage of that. Got those, uh, got those 4:30 AM start times, man. You're going to, you're going to be waking up at, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, no, I think, uh, no, please God. No. If, if, if I'm up that early, something has gone horribly wrong with my child and I'm going to have a bad, bad day. <laughs> Uh, so no, but hey, at least you at least you get some some Olympic soccer this to watch, true. John. I, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like if I was getting excited to watch a league soccer, and that was just my time. There was a time during the pandemic when I was getting up at four a.m. Well, that was when <laughs> that was when my child was very very young, so that was normal. But like, and watching uh, like Korean baseball league and a league when it was on, <laughs> there was a weird time of this. That's a part of my. I'll never do it again. It was a part of my past that I will not re- not recreate. But. There's some early morning sports uh, if you want it, and I think there we will definitely watch those games on replay. <laughs> that's how that's how you and I will interface with the Olympics. I think I, I, I'm going to I, I am going to try. I'm actually looking the the, uh, the the good thing about the about the Olympics is that it does line up with my vacation, so it's like I don't have to go to work. I think the the first game I'm I'm, I'm going to have to see. I'm going to have to figure that out. Um, but who are they playing in? The, who are I, they playing I, in their groups? Do you have that? Do you have that info? In front of you, probably. I know not. it's uh, it's it, it is Sweden, uh, Australia, and New Zealand. Good job. It looks very odd. It looks like it looks like they're playing the uh, the the same teams, um, in the Olympics. But uh, they're playing like the same teams because the New Zealand flag and Australian flag are very similar. But it but it is very different. Um, Tom Sermani was not happy. By the way, I don't know if you saw that. Where no, where some of the NWSL. We players. were we were we were talking about that in the in the uh, in the press box. I think there are some. There's a lot of things at play there. I think that there there was might have been some uh, saving face for players who maybe didn't want to be released early uh, for New Zealand, uh, and and <laughs> and the coach sort of had to say like you know we want these players here. You know, I'm in, he's employed by the New Zealand football association. So uh, his job is to, that's, that's his priority, but I don't think it was, I don't think it's going to make a big difference for them overall. Abby Ursig, one of those players played pretty well for the courage, but they lost to nothing. And now she's on a plane. So, uh, yeah, I don't think, I don't, I don't think New Zealand were a, were a fave to begin with, but I, I think, you know, this is a, this is a tournament that the U S really takes seriously. 
the Olympics, mm-hmm. like I always was sort of, I, the men clearly don't take it very seriously because they keep not making it yeah, and don't sure. really care. But the women really do. The players, you can tell when they talk about how important it is for them to win a gold medal, they want to win it. So uh, watch out, uh, rest of the world. <laughs> I, have, I have a feeling. Yeah. I have a feeling they're up for it. And just and just so just so you're you're um, you're aware. So the the schedule basically works out. It's like you got the first game um, is at four thirty in the morning on the twenty first. That might be a little tough to do <laughs> on a, on a work week. Uh, maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll have I'll, I'll probably be able to have the replay just sitting up on my computer uh, while I work. Um, and then you've got uh, the New Zealand game at seven thirty on Saturday. Okay, that's reasonable. We'll that, watch that's that. A, that's a reasonable time. Uh, and then I guess the next game is at like four a.m. on the twenty seventh. I'll be on vacation at that point, so I might be able to check out that game uh, at its normally scheduled time. Though I'll have to be like quiet about it because my other whole family will be sleeping around the place. So, uh, but I'm, I'm going to make an effort maybe to check out that game. Um, yeah, and then uh, obviously the group stage and, and those games. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird tournament. It's not gonna be the usual uh, normal fun we get with the with the Olympics. So um, and I think I think this is gonna be the one Olympics I'm probably not gonna be. Usually I get really into it. Like I watch the swimming events, I watch the track. But with everything being so early, um, this is like the one Olympics where like the little highlight show that everybody complains about is an actual good thing. NBC like it's, is it's gonna reasonable. be in heaven. To, they're gonna have they're gonna have primetime <laughs> viewers. At night, because there no one else is going to want to get up that early. So there, this works out yep. for them. Now, obviously, when you're NBC and you have you're you're paying for all of, you're you're streaming all of it. You have it on Peacock, I'm sure. Like you'd like everyone to watch it live, but you know, at least in this case, you can sell advertising for prime time and make a lot of money. So oh yeah, I'm going to watch the as prime much time as, viewing is going to be yes, I will be doing that so. for sure. I will be that is that's going to kick uh you know MLB to this to the curb, and I'm going to watch you know esoteric summer sports that I don't care about, but I'm going to be like, let's go. Number one, USA. <laughs> there's always R- ribbon dancing. There's always, there's, I mean, there was the, there was the, I don't know, like uh, the, uh, the curling, the curling last year was, was the big one. I, I remember checking that out um, for the winter Olympics. Do they still do the um, thing with the ribbon where they throw it up in the air and they catch it like a d- gymnastics? Oh, thing? the rhythmic gymnastics. Yeah. That's still there. That's All right. Still there. Maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm going to be <laughs> tuning in for. I love it. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for the show. Um, so Jonathan M says, I remember Korea, Japan, 2002 dreadful mornings. I will never forget my dad that he did not let me watch, uh, USA, Mexico in that, in that round of 16 game. I, I, I wanted to do it. And he was like, no, you should go to bed. You've got this. And he, he regrets that to this day, by the way. So um, I'm sure like, whatever I you had was very important, Ted. I'm sure, I'm sure that whatever that was, was, super it was, duper. it was golf. It was golf and tennis camp. Yeah, well, it was you, like I, golf and t- it was during the summer. Yeah. Like, what do I have during the summer? School Ted, was out at that point. You're, you're well, you're a well-known PGA Tour player, so it's very important that you were <laughs> that you did that. Clearly, your life has been improved. Yes, clearly. clearly. All right, folks. Clearly, uh, I have on my board behind me. It says to do. I took my my work board fell off the wall, and I wrote to do join our Patreon, but you can't read it. But it's there. So this is a call to you if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. If you want to follow us on Twitch, which enough of you have done now, which is fantastic, uh, very soon you're going to be able to, and we're going to get into this, don't worry, uh, but you'll be able to give us your Amazon Prime subscription so you can give us money and it won't even cost you anything. So that's the best kind of you know free money given to someone else is just the best kind of thing. So you can do that. We're also going to have a butt ton of interviews this week. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast itself. Patreons will get all of these interviews early. Uh, we'll have Ashley Hatch on the show. We'll have most likely Kevin Paredes on the show and Ted's aforementioned preview of uh, of the Philly game with Duke by the River. 
So make sure that you're, if you want those episodes early, join us on Patreon. If you don't want them early and want them late, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever whatever you use. Go to rfkrefugees.com slash subscribe and click whatever uh, system you want to use. Yep, absolutely. All right, thank you guys so, so much for, for joining us. You guys are incredible. Uh, like John said, support us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rfkrefugees. Uh, you guys are amazing. You guys make the show uh, awesome, and we will catch you guys uh, a lot of times this week. Thursday, vamos. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, vamos. <laughs>